part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. It was really kind of cool to, to see uh, all those kids that were up here today and they were singing. And, and did you notice them when we got to, I think it was the second stanza or whatever, Cherifim and, and Seraphim? You know, that's how we look every time that, you know, they start throwing like biblical names and stuff up there and titles up there. That's the kind of look that we often have. And, and our kids are going, what is that? What is, you know, uh, this angelic being? And so it was good to see them lead us this morning. Uh, how many of you have ever been tempted, said out loud, thought to yourself, or just in your heart, said, you know, I really wish that I could hit the pause button on my child's growth. Not just because they were eating more. I, I get that whole thing. But, you know, just that they get two years old, they get five years old, and you're going, this is such a great age. I love this age. And maybe more five than two. But, uh, you know, one of those things where you're going, you know, I, I just wish I could hit pause here because I just enjoy my kids so much. Well, this morning we're going to talk about how that's impossible to do. We want to. We would love to just kind of capture them and take them off and, and just be their parents forever and mold them and shape them and, and that tenderness. And, and yet they're growing ever before us. Uh, there was a couple that decided they wanted to, to kind of uh, watch and chronicle uh, their child's growth. And so they started at three weeks old. And then they went to, I think it's 14 and a half. And in 40 seconds, you see the transformation from a three-week-old to, to 14 and a half. And, and this is what it looks like. Now, 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 how many people are going, okay, I don't like that, <laughs> you know, because it really does happen. And if you have a 14-year-old, if you have somebody that's uh, older than a teenager, you, you've seen that happen, and it happens so quickly. And it was one of those things that you were mindful of, and every moment was precious. And yet, just right there before your eyes, it seemed like they were ever-changing. And, uh, and all of a sudden, they were young adults. That's the time that we have with our kids is precious. It is very short. And that's why the Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go, that even when he is old, he's not going to depart from it. We have verses like that, like Proverbs 22, 6 in the Bible, that tell us about the importance of this time and how precious it is and how needful it is that we really do shape them and mold them along with the grace of God and, and God's help and, and wisdom and discernment in there. There's two things that those parents had to do in order to really capture that. Number one, intentionality. They had to start. How many of you have ever had something that you wanted to start, maybe as a new family tradition or something like that, and you had thoughts of it, and yet you never put it into place? You know, you had the thought, but you, had, you, never, wanted, you, know, you never got year one, two, or three, and then you go, okay, now it's too late. They're starting to grow up. Well, at three weeks, they just said, okay, why don't we chronicalize the growth of our child? And so they started taking these pictures. And then they had not only that intentionality, but then they had to be faithful to it. They had to come back every so often and take that picture, even through the stages of their lives. I, I love, did you notice the guy's drums made it in there and then lasted for about two and a half or three years and the guy's drums were gone? And, uh, you know, but the constancy through all of that was in all this stage of their life was that that child was ever-growing. And guys, that's really what I think that the Word of God for this morning is to share with you, is to realize that we have to do this with great intentionality. That's what we've been preaching the last five, six weeks on the subject of lessons that we need to be teaching our kids. We have to be so intentional and purposeful, but also faithful to that. 
Because it's amazing what happens sometimes on a Sunday that we hear a sermon and God stirs our heart with his word. And then by Monday, we get into the rush of everything. We get overwhelmed with all the details of life and the drama of life. And we just go, okay, I can just barely survive here, much less be inspired to do this. And so I want to help you out with that a little bit this morning and reduce it down to two things. And then we're going to have the kids come up at the very end and kind of help me out a little bit. But I want to share with you two things, the importance of a spiritual foundation and the importance of a spiritual formation. We have Play-Doh this morning, and we're going to find out just how much fun Play-Doh is. I I always liked Play-Doh when I was a kid, and uh, it was one of those things that I I loved uh, to be creative and to make different things. Um, But you learn the lesson real quick with Play-Doh that what do you have to do when you're done playing with it? Put it back up, yes. Because if not, what will happen? It dries out. It gets really hard. And so, you know, if you made this beautiful sculpture and you want it to stay that way, you let it dry out overnight or the next couple of days. And, you know, if you like it. But if you try to go then remold that, what happens? It's brittle. It breaks. Well, folks, this is a good illustration of the importance of the time that we have our kids. That they're, when they're moldable, when they're shapeable, when, when we get to pour into their lives values that we hold as a family that maybe has been a long family tradition, but especially when it comes to biblical truth. Because here's the hard part. When they get 12, 15, 18, 22, 25, uh, kind of hard clay. It's a little bit harder to, to work that and sometimes so brittle that even those instructions begin to, to break the, the heart, the life of that person. Now, I want to give you a redeeming hope in that, and that there's always hope with Jesus Christ. (laughs) Your and my influence on our children's lives may last, you know, hopefully for a lifetime, but that critical time of those first 8, 12, 15 years. But God can take, even if we messed up, if you're here this morning, you said, you know, I wasn't even a Christian when my kids were that age, and so I, I didn't get to instruct them. Well, that's where the grace of God, that's where the hope of Christ comes in to our lives. This morning, I just want to lay upon that seed of, uh, you know, to, to get a good start and then to be faithful to make sure that your kids are learning that biblical instruction. To have a start and then to keep that stability. Are they going to stray from it? Yes, we all strayed. Are they going to rebel against some of that path? Yes. But at least you've set before them a path that they can follow. A lot of smart kids here. A lot of smart kids. How many of the kids in here do you know Mandarin Chinese? Can you speak fluent Mandarin Chinese? Any kids? Okay. Supposedly, Mandarin Chinese is the hardest language in the world to learn. There's a lot of really hard ones, but that is supposedly, by most experts' opinion, the hardest one to learn. But get this. In China right now, guess what? (laughs) There's a whole bunch of babies growing up learning what? Chinese. To them, that is the native language. To them, it is not a chore. Are Chinese folks smarter than our babies here in America? No. You know, it's not their It's just what they're, the environment that they grow up in. And so for them, it is nothing for uh, a little baby growing up in China to speak Chinese, just as it would be very normal for you to grow up in this country and speak English. And when, if you were growing up in France, maybe you would be speaking French. Do you, do you understand kind of the parallel there or, the illustration there, you know, we think, man, you know Mandarin Chinese? Wow, that's impressive. Well, not if that's the environment that you grew up in. Not if that was your native language. 
And so that's why it is so important for us. I mean, how many of you that are, let's say, uh, 30 years or older right now, how many of you have found, if you're 30 years or older, how hard it is to learn like a new language or something? Have you found, it's like, you know, you, maybe you wanted to learn Spanish or you wanted to learn, you know, this language so that you could be fluent and, and really be able to, and you're going, man, I'm too old to learn this. What, what time do they say in the ch- child's life is the best time to learn a second language? Yeah, starting when they're, very born, when they're born and they're very, very young, two, three, four. That's why at our preschool here, Casey, what, what time do you bring, uh, do the two-year-olds and the three-year-olds come in and start taking Spanish or French? The Spanish at two years old. Why? Because that's the important time. Because when they're young and they're forming, you, you put that into their mindset so that they don't get 30, 40, or 50 and go, okay, I'm too old to learn something new. These are critical years, guys. Critical in the sense that you are putting a formation with your kids. Uh, open your Bibles to Psalm 78 just really quickly. Um, Psalm 78, I want to share with you just a couple of thoughts on this whole spiritual formation and foundation. This is written by, the guy, by a guy named, by the name of Asaph. He was, uh, Ricky is actually a worship leader. He was one of David's friends. David had called out a lot of people to be worship leaders. Asaph was one of those. And um, he wrote several psalms. You'll see his name there. The good thing about uh, the psalms in the Bible, it tells us the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is actually a psalm of reprimand. It's got a lot of good stuff in it, but it's actually kind of a reprimand because the Jewish people had left really honoring God and worshiping God. They were not singing that song, We Exalt You. They were kind of going on their rebellious path. And this was written in response. And look what he writes, verse 4. He says, We will not hide them from our children, but tell them of the coming, coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders of what he has done. In other words, he was beginning to give this reprimand, and he said, look, here's what you need to do. You need to get back, and you need to make sure that you're telling your kids what happened to granddaddy and great-granddaddy. Can you imagine some of the things that the Israelites saw? I mean, the Red Sea opening up. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be Isaac and and there Abraham and and to watch your father Abraham do all these godly things and, and choose God and that fellowship of God and being faithful to God? how that makes an impression upon you? Well, here they had left that. And so the, the psalmist is writing and says, come back, and he says, look, you need to make sure that you're telling your kids about the, the love of God, the glorious deeds of the Lord. Now look what he does in verse 5. He says, he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them the children yet unborn, and arise to tell them to their children. Just a, a fancy way of saying, they poured into their kids, and their kids grew up and started to pour into their grandchildren. And their children grew up and started to pour into the great-grandchildren. Legacy. It's what we've been talking about the whole time. And yet we begin to see, what is the purpose of this? Is it just so that they can have a tradition? Is it just so that they can have a religion? No. He tells us in the next verse what it's all about. Psalm 78, 7. If you don't hear anything else, please hear this this morning. 
What's the reason that we pass on these things about God, the good deeds of God, the glorious things about God? Verse 7 tells us, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Here's the thing, guys. Every human being will set their hope in something. Some it will be education so that they can get a good job, so that they can make a lot of money, so that they'll be well off. And their, their mind, their, our hope is to be prosperous. Our hope is that if I can just make a lot of money, then th- that's going to bring me joy. And, and certainly there's a certain truth to that, that it is better to be you know, able to pay your bills than not be able to pay your bills. There's a certain joy in that. Uh, others will find hope in a relationship with, among a people. And, and yet people let us down. There's ups and downs with people. What the psalmist is saying is, look, if you want to set the, you know, you have the ability to shape your kids, your grandkids' lives, and and what are you going to set their hope in? Can they stray from that? Can they rebel against that one day? They certainly can. But it's our both call and our responsibility that we not only show them Christ in our lives, but that that we demonstrate that in our own lives, that, that we say, okay, my hope is in nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That it's not just a Sunday morning thing that they get to do that on, but that every single day that they do that. And that's why we've been studying all those different lessons. That's why we've been trying to write upon our kids' heart while they're very young, moldable and shapeable, so that we might be able to see them grow up and the kids and say, you know, not only did I learn this as a kid, but I affirm in my own life that Jesus Christ is my Savior and my Lord that he loves me, that he gave his life for me. Is there anything better that you could set your kids' hope in than the things of God and the hope of Christ? I'll ask all the kids to come up because I want to, uh, to give you some Play-Doh this morning. So, and, and this is any age. You know, if you're, if, and just sit right here, just right here. Yeah, sit down and you can sit. Sit, sit, sit. Come on, Rylan. Come on, sweetheart. What is the absolute best thing about Play-Doh, guys? What is your absolute favorite thing about Play-Doh? Come on. It's colorful, yes. We like it because it's a lot of color. You can come on up. <laughs> okay, but shh, 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 shh. I love that. Everybody real silent so we can hear this wonderful answer. What, what did you like about it? Yeah, it's creative. Like if you want to make a butterfly and you're going to start rolling out things, you can make it look like a butterfly. If you want to make it look like a rocket ship, an angel, yeah. Well, what else do you like about Play-Doh? It's fun to play with. Just fun to play with, yeah. Well, what about you? It's squishy, yeah. That's probably one of my favorite things about Play-Doh is that it's squishy. Yeah. What else? It, it can make funny noises. I'm going to try not to do that this morning. Uh, that would probably not be appropriate. But, you know... <laughs> but you know one of the coolest things everybody go ahead and grab a color that you want and there's actually a box right there you can grab some but be, be, don't get it on the carpet where's Isa I, I don't I hope that they don't get it on the carpet Isa okay <laughs> don't get it on the carpet just and then sit back down sit back down make sure that whoever okay 
There's, there's some more right over there. Grab one. Grab one and then sit back down. Cadence, did you find one? Oh, yeah, I like that color, Cadence. And then you can sit back down once you get one. Just don't get it on the carpet. You can go back to mom and dad if you want to on that one. Okay. <laughs> Come on up and get one. You can get one right up there. You can pick whatever color you want, buddy, okay? Fantastic. Now, guys, it is squishy, just like you said. It is moldable. You can make a rocket ship. You can make, you know, my favorite thing to make all the time, just because it's easy, hot dog. You know, you know. You can make a circle. You know, it's, it's amazing. You can start to roll it out more and more, make a circle like that. It can be an eyeball. It can be a halo. It can be all kinds of stuff. But it is an amazing parent's. You know, you give kids Play-Doh, and you got them settled for at least three minutes, right? Three minutes. <laughs> you, you got them captivated. Here, here's the thing, guys, and then we're going to pray, and we're actually going to go. It's going to be that short this morning. Three minutes. They're captivated. Three minutes, you have opportunity. And I promise you that, that your kids growing up, it's going to seem like three minutes. This is a guy who just married off one of his daughters last year, is about to do the, the next wedding, you know, in a month and a half. And guys, it just happened really fast. It just happened really fast. And just know that God has given you. Are you the salvation of your kid? No, Christ is the salvation. But the greatest tool that I find biblically that God uses among us in this world is a parent. Your highest calling as a parent is to help shape the spiritual formation of your kid. So that when they're young and pliable, man, you're already writing on their heart. And it may be as simple as the prayer at supper time. It may be going into the Word of God at night. But guys, it, it doesn't take long before this clay gets a little bit harder and a little bit harder and you shape it and you want it to go in that direction and... The time is brief. This isn't to make us sad, but it's to know the importance of this time. And that if you have a two-year-old, a five-year-old, a 12-year-old, write upon their hearts every day. Just as the scripture said, it says, write upon their hearts the great deeds of God. Tell them the stories of God. Tell them how God is active in your life. That when you're facing difficulty, you know, when we talked about how to... Teach your kids about suffering. Have you shared with your kids, even little kids, hey, mom and dad, were, you know, this was a hard thing. And, and age appropriate, I understand. But teach them, this is where we went. We went to our knees. We went to a holy God. And, and even though he said, okay, this is not going to be a time of escape. This is going to be a time of, to endure. We trust God. Why? Because he's a loving God. He's a sovereign God. And God knows. Right upon your kid's heart. Every single day. Because every day, you're shaping them. And if you don't, somebody else will. Somebody else will. Let's pray together. Father God, seeing these kids with Play-Doh, knowing that one day they're going to be shaping our grandchildren, and maybe if we're so blessed with long life, maybe even to see that that our grandchildren would be shaping our great-grandchildren. 
Father, I just pray that today that we would see the instruction of your word, which you say over and over and over again to train up a child, to make sure that we take this valuable time, that we write upon our hearts the instruction of your word. But, Father, it's not just the laws of your word. Father, to teach them the beauty of Christ, how he is Savior, and how he's brought redemption to a lost and dying people. We love you, Father. Help us to realize how short this time is. Help us to make meaningful impact. Help us to take this Plato home and, and be reminded that, it, uh, that we have a time now that is shapeable. But there's going to be one day, Father, that, uh, that we don't get to write upon it quite as much as we, we did in those early years. And so, Father, just teach us this day to trust in you, to tell of your glorious deeds. And just to love these kids to be and raise them to be Christ followers. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the honor. Thank you that you go along with us in this journey. We do not do it without your wisdom, without your spirit guiding us. And so, Father, we dedicate these kids to you today and this whole thing called parenting and uh, this whole shaping of another life. We love you and we thank you as we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.